0: All of a sudden, has their own like character arc throughout the whole show, and people only noticed it because of becomes the way that they just added enough focus on the film version.
1: That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. I mean, I picked up on the woman doing the thing, but I don't know if I picked up on that much. That's that's really fascinating.
0: What we do here is go
1: back, 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 back. back.
0: And we're back, and we're back, the Bros and Brews podcast as it was originally conceived in good old-fashioned FaceTime, dual-city format. We dabbled though, <laughs> didn't we? We dabbled in we something did. different. We did, we did,
1: and uh, there's, there's, you know, well actually once this gets uh, out there, the uh, content will already be out of that episode, um, so hopefully you've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, of course, we're referring to last week's episode. Which, if this is your first time, welcome! Thanks for joining us on what I believe is episode eight. eight. Yeah, episode eight of the Bros and Brews podcast. Um, for those of you who are slightly more familiar, you'll of course know that last week we took a little trip up to Auckland and Matt and I did did the podcast over a table in a very Ooh. sort of romantic kind of scenario not that this couldn't be romantic i mean it is 9 25 on a saturday morning and we're both definitely in some form of lounge slash sleepwear but i mean i mean this can still be romantic but yeah matt and i back back in different cities i'm back in wellington and and we've returned to sort of normal programming
1: yeah it's good to good to good to be back not that i i mean I, i i loved you being here it was cool (laughs) but uh good to good to
0: be back it was definitely different though wasn't it i think it it probably speaks to like you know joe rogan podcast is one of the the sort of classics that we talked about with Mm. audio sort of an audio heavy um medium but being recorded i think probably Mm. just as many people consume that podcast like visually on youtube or i know he's just shifted to spotify hasn't he um yeah true but yeah, it makes it so different when you're having a conversation with someone in person. I think that probably speaks a lot to sort of social interaction. That when we were sitting across from each other on you know this I don't know, meter long table, having to have the conversation in physical proximity to each other. It com- I mean, it didn't completely change it, but to start with, I was like, "Oh, this is so strange. I need to yeah. look at the person in the eye." Or is at the yeah, moment I'm yeah, just yeah. kind of looking out at the garden. There's sort of a small bird hopping around, looking for worms. You're here in front of me, but but it's completely different to have that that like Zoom FaceTime safety.
1: Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, it's like those conversations we've talked about the comparison between like screen and theater. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, you know, there's a certain magic to people listening and us just like over Zoom and stuff. But, you know, some people consume things a lot more better visually. Hmm. Um, and also when we're working together in the same room, it does, it does have a different vibe about it. But um, I mean, I think it was,
0: it's, it's still enjoyable all around, no yeah. matter what episode it is. And you know what I've realized, I think over the last couple of years, I've realized that I'm someone who I don't. Make a lot of eye contact during conversation. I'm very mm. much a like, not stare you off like to wonder, off into space. Yeah, I I quite like like if I have the option <laughs> if if we go to a cafe, sort of a square table where you can sit on any of the four sides. I quite like sitting beside someone so we both have even space to kind of look out into and the option to look oh, at yeah. each other. But I'll always mm-hmm. choose that over the direct looking at each other. Because mm. I don't want someone to feel like I'm purposefully not looking at them. But I think it's just something to do with, with like, the way that I, f- I formulate thoughts and, like, to kind of just yeah, get yeah, distracted. Yeah. A lot of the time, I will find myself going, oh, I bet this person thinks I'm avoiding eye contact or... I mean, <laughs> in certain situations, obviously, I will, you know, professional situations, obviously, I'll of make course. an effort. But in yes. loose conversations, I quite like to not be able to make eye contact. Whereas I know there are some people that are really big on eye contact and and can just maintain it for hours and hours and hours without ever mm, feeling mm, the need mm. to like take break. But anyway, that's a whole side story into my my. Yeah, it's my, a nice little comment. My comment on yourself. Social sphere and attraction. I'm I'm making FaceTime <laughs> eye contact with you now. I don't know if that yes. reads, but I've but, um, noticed. But the bird is doing interesting things in the garden. So just allow me time <laughs> to put off. Of course. Hey. Anyway, you- Matt, I got a question for you, man. Yes on this sort of I don't know what it's like in Auckland man, but it's a beautiful day here in Wellington. Oh it's a few, nah, it's a beautiful day up here as well. But I'm gonna bring it I'm gonna bring it down a little bit. Not down. Not down. That sounds very ominous. But I just wanted mm. to know, um what are you scared of, man? Oh what are you God. not in not necessarily your greatest fears, but mm. your sort of your list of things I find most people have like two or three things that you don't love, you're not fond of you can probably like do, but but at a base level of phobias, you're probably like, yeah, I don't love that. You don't need to hit me with like your biggest number one <laughs> existential crisis fear on a Saturday morning. But just like the like the little things.
1: Yeah, I I don't. Mm, that's a very that's a very good question because um we were watching something the other day and oh that's right it was Big Brother and the mm. uh, and. they had to do a challenge where they were like put in a room with like their biggest phobia oh yeah and and me and rachel having a conversation about like what would be in that room if that was us kind of thing oh you've already done the topic here we are you'll be prepped and ready i I, I mean you say that but i'm i kind of i couldn't really figure out what would be in that room for me you know like because obviously you know some people are freaked out by like spiders yeah how are you with animals are you just kind of good across Um, the board yeah, I'm fine. I'm sweet with animals. I don't really. I mean, you know, there's that irrational fear of like you know things that could harm you, obviously. Yeah. Um. But like, I guess when I was younger, I did actually have a really big fear of spiders and stuff like that. I'd been bitten many times, um, and luckily they weren't fatal by white tails. If you know what a white tail is, if yeah. you've ever had a white tail bite before. No, I've never um, been
0: close enough to a big spider to be bitten by one. Thank God. Yeah, it's, I'll just check it's, that out uh, now. I don't really like spiders. I'm not as I, I'm not as scared of them <laughs> as I was in the past. But yeah, same. If same. I see one to a certain level, I am kind of like, nah, nah. no, not my job. This is <laughs> someone else's I'll job. Say, yeah. <laughs> um. Now, nah, yeah, no, nah, I
1: I I'll, I'll quite happily like remove a spider from the house, kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. That's it's hard. I mean, you know, I have the other fear of like I don't have a fear of heights, but I have a fear of falling obviously because of of the the thing at the end of the falling that happens if it's really bad, but I don't have a fear of heights. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I can't even think of like a fear that I have in like a social situation or anything because I mean, I like people. Mm. I like being in social situations. Um, You know, I guess there's that little, that little thing in the back of my head all the time of, you know, not necessarily like getting people's approval, Mm -hmm. but, Making sure that you know what people are perceiving of me is a positive way, yeah, um and I, I mean, I think we all have that in ourselves, yeah um of yeah of what what people- what people think of us, but I mean, I'm not going to the point where it's you know a really big thing in my day, I've got to make sure that I'm this and 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 stuff like that, but I think yeah, there's that little voice in my head that being like. Is that person like you? Mm. <laughs> have, mm. have you done everything you can to make sure that you know you're actually showing your true self to that person, kind of yeah. thing? Um. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a big fear, but it's definitely something that kind of, you know, sticks and sticks in my head.
0: But yeah, scared. I don't. I, I yeah. Can't, as you like, seem I can't pretty, you a pretty definitive... seem pretty staunch. The dark. You're yeah. fine with the dark. Heights <laughs> is obviously a big one for lots of people.
1: Um. And oh, actually, you know what? Deep water. Oh, yeah. Deep water. Like, I love going to the beach and I love being able to go out on the waves and things like that. But as soon as I get to the point where I can't really feel anything under my feet, like, you know, when you go out and you, like, go underwater, you go touch the ground and you can come back up? Yeah. If, if I get past the ability where I'm able to do that, I freak out because I'm like, what's underneath me? I have no idea what's in this massive fish tank of an ocean.
0: Um, so that's actually something that, can that's a pretty good one is, 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 deep water. Yeah. I mean, some people were just completely scared of water as a whole. Like there's lots of mm, people, mm. lots of people can't swim or don't swim or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deep, I don't know how I feel about deep water. Yeah. Probably well, yeah, well, i mean if
1: you confront me with it, but. No, no. Yeah. I guess for me, it's like, it's
0: the unknown. You there's know, a with big, thwarting. there's a big mystery and yeah. see like all it takes is sort of one 10 minute documentary on like Mariana's Trench or any of that super <laughs> deep like <laughs> all yeah of yeah, stuff. yeah like i mean some of that deep water stuff's crazy man like if you go down that deep the the pressure is the pressure such that like you just instantly instantly go one thing i was going to say when we were talking about spiders is i was i think i was watching a news article q no i think maybe it was qi the other day and they said they obviously Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry said there hasn't been a uh, anyone die from a poisonous snake bite in Australia since
1: 1981.
0: Wow! Yeah, and because the whole point was actually the most dangerous thing about snake bites, or, or snake. Uh, sorry, I've completely muffed that. Er, rewind. Spiders. <laughs> Spider bites ignore the snake bite stuff no one's died of a spider bite in australia since 1981 but people have died from like driving in a car and a spider drops down and causes a crash or Uh, so spiders have caused deaths in australia but in terms of the whole venom thing you kind of don't really need to be that that scared of spiders mm, mm. so i feel like interesting it's like i said i'm not i'm not huge on spiders but they probably don't scare me to the same point as, 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 I don't know, some like other things, because I think I can both not like them and have a sort of soft phobia about them, but also know that that thing isn't probably going to harm me completely. Um, A big one for me is claustrophobia. It's not that strong, but some of the time, like I remember when I kind of classic New Zealand secondary school went like caving at some point. Um, Have you ever been caving? I, I haven't, I've been in a
1: cave, but I've never been like, like not, I mean, are you not talking about like spelunking or anything? No, 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 But like going
0: decently into decently into a cave with like a guide and and yeah, I think we did Waitomo caves once. Oh yeah. yeah. Waitomo is a classic. Yeah. There was, there was a time I think, I think we we're in the national park up in like the middle of the North Island. And mm-hmm. there was like water and we were like going through the cave, like in the dark. And then the instructor was like, all right. So the final challenge is like, you guys have to make your way out by yourself. See you later. And we weren't that deep, but they just led us in massive circles. So we felt like we yeah. were far away. And my brain was like, nah, this is not okay. Oh, <laughs> true. So true. yeah, I, I don't get claustrophobic on like, say the underground in London or in a lift Mm. or Mm. anything, but, but the idea of being, the idea of being stuck in a lift, that kind of, that's, that's awful. Um, I'm also somewhere on, on the sort of the height spectrum, like you, like I'm happy to get up on a roof and like Mm. chill on a roof or, you know, going up the sky tower in Auckland would be fine. Um, I take, but, but strangely, I feel like over the last few years, I've become less and less comfortable with flying, like just being flying. on planes. Yeah. Something about being on planes. You're always flying. You're flying halfway across the world away from me. I know. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's an attached <laughs> fear to not being close to you. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I think because f- there's something about sitting down on a plane and maybe just, maybe it's like the having like. Food or drink or just sitting there. Sometimes my brain will be like, "We're not really meant to be here. <laughs> this this doesn't really make sense." Yeah. Um, well, it's the, it's the, for me for me when it's flying, it's
1: the whole I have no control yeah. over any of this. Yeah. You know, this is in the hands of the people that are flying this plane, and I yeah. can't do anything. So yeah. if anything goes wrong, it's wrong.
0: Yeah. I've just recently on a few, even on like the flight up to Auckland and the flight back, it isn't like pressing. Mm, you know, mm, mental mm. struggle, but almost every flight I catch at least once my brain will be like, have you really thought about this? Like <laughs> you can look outside and have a little look. Cause that ain't it chief. But yeah, <laughs> so I, I would say those, those kind of three are probably three ones that like at varying points. Mm, mm. Um, but my, my fourth, and I'd say this is actually a phobia because it's not really rational. It doesn't pop up very often in daily life, but, I don't know if you can if you can Google this like on your phone or something, but tri- yeah. try tripophobia. T R Y P O phobia. Now I've met other people with this phobia, so it isn't just me. It's um Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. the small phobia holes. of of like holes, but yeah, not small, but yeah. not clusters, clusters not big of holes. holes. The whole kind of like octopus suctiony. I mean. Mm. I'm sure there's at least one person listening who's going, Ugh, no, uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, and that's why I think it's a phobia. Cause it's kind of irrational. Like it doesn't really make sense. Just clusters of holes. There's often like plants or flowers and, and stuff like I can look at an, an octopus tentacle and that's fine. Cause I know it's an octopus, but there are some plants that just have those weird hole clusters. And I just, I shudder like my fit, my body just hates it. And I don't know why
1: interesting
0: yeah that's my one weird one and i've only probably realized that the last year or so i don't know why yeah maybe spend more time in like dried flower shops obviously (sighs) becoming (laughs) cultured um love a dried flower shop but yeah that's my weird random whole cluster thing which i don't know where it comes from and i'll probably never get over because it does does seem irrational but but you seem to be far Mm. more staunch and sort of yeah yeah
1: no i don't want to have those labels on top of top of my head <laughs> I mean, but I mean uh, yeah I don't know it's very, I, I guess I don't know whether I haven't been through enough situations to actually know my fears or anything like that but nah i don't I don't really know um yeah what I'm like properly afraid of there's plenty more time in life to find that out so maybe we could have another podcast in yeah. like 20 30
0: years ask me the same question. I, I think the chan- chances are there will be something that you dislike or you realize like, oh, that's really, that's really something. So yeah, let me know whenever you discover it. If and when it might be like 20 years from now, you'll be like, <laughs> I've realized I hate weeds. <laughs> and now I'm just kind of looking around. What can I see? That might be, might be a genuine fear, but yeah cool man just just yeah. good to know i'm clearly no, now hey, i good. don't need to really protect you from anything but you can sort of help but i can out protect you varying, from the small holes from the small holes um <laughs> moving on one thing yes. that i wanted to talk about today we don't really have like a big overarching topic there were a few things we wanted to cover off um but this i guess is, is perhaps the most significant kind of event thing that we wanted to talk about um and that is of course the release of hamilton the musical online and filmed movie uh version on disney plus which dropped on july the 3rd i think it was Uh, yeah i believe i believe so i think it was in time for july the 4th was kind of the point um but hamilton a big huge sort of cultural event, I guess of like the last four years It came out in 26 2016 uh on Broadway since then I mean I haven't pulled up massive stats of how much money the box office has made but kind of even if you don't even if you're not a musicals person even if you're not a theater person I would say nine out of ten people that you would ask and like I don't know our age would have an idea of of what Hamilton it's, of course, it's the the smash hit musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda and, of course, other contributing artists about Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers of America, this sort of hip-hop, modern uh, musical that infuses kind of all these different styles of rap and and uh, spoken R&B, word and r and, and and soul and choreography of a sort of much more... Shall we say, like modern contemporary style than than the majority of musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, Ice. I was lucky enough to see Hamilton in the West End original cast in 2018. Um, Matt watched the the movie for the first time last night. We've basically mm-hmm. never. We haven't never talked about Hamilton, but we haven't sat down and had, like, a big discussion had about it. it. Of yeah, course, yeah. this was your first time to really engage with the show. I'm going to stop talking. I want to hear, what did you think? <laughs> I, I absolutely
1: loved it. Absolutely loved it. I was actually really blown away. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that the reasons why I wanted to watch it because I knew you had seen it, Mm. you know, for its for its full glory. Um, And, you know, our previous conversations about uh, screen versus stage and what that does for for an audience kind of thing um i thought uh, di- uh so uh thomas kale uh directed mm. um the performance for disney it was over three different performances and they kind of spliced it and cut it all together into this um movie and i thought it did a brilliant job um you know i really got a feel for the whole entire set um all of the musical numbers the ensemble the chorus um, and the lighting as well. And I, I thought it was beautiful. You know, the screen obviously can give so much finer detail to a character um, when it can do close ups and, and zooms on expressions and, and the feelings of, of certain characters in certain moments. So it was nice to be able to be almost invited on stage yeah with them during the performance which was really nice as a you know like you when you went to the um to the theater to see it for the first time you don't get that you're watching it from afar and you're really relying on everything the actors are giving you from a distance whether that be their voice um and yeah you know the the yeah the gestures and all of that and you know character gestures um and all of that thing i i i thought it was i thought it was brilliant and i absolutely loved it um I mean, if I if I want to give you a quick highlight of one of my favorites, yeah, please. Um, it was it was actually it was King George the Third. Yeah, King George was my favorite. Da, 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 yeah, da, 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 th- that was that was
0: one of the things I think that people who had s- even big fans of the show were really f- looking forward to seeing because Jonathan Groff, who plays yeah. Uh, yeah. Christoph King George, in in the in the musical oh, in, the, in the
1: musical yes. yeah
0: he was kind of because the part of king george is so small mm-hmm. there isn't really much footage of jonathan groff playing the part and kind of i don't know like that was part of the big thing about Hamilton was that there is this video of lin-manuel miranda i don't know if you've seen it doing uh the original you know the the first song from the show mm-hmm. at the kind mm-hmm. of this white house uh Event night, I can't remember what it was, but he performs it for the Obamas when they were in office, and you can see he's like 10 years younger, way back, and maybe it was like 2008 or something, and he was like, yeah, I'm writing this musical, and back then everyone was like, what the hell? But... (laughs) And all these kind of development videos, you can see quite a lot of the songs with the original cast members, but because Jonathan Groff's only in it for what I think is like three songs or nine minutes or something, there was kind mm. of no, not that much footage of him. So seeing him play that part was one thing that this was kind of the first time for people who mm. hadn't seen the show. So, true, true, so yeah, true. he, he just, he steals it and talk about there being no oh, small yeah. roles, man. He's in, in the show like i said less than 10 minutes and you remember yeah. him in a show that is almost like three full hours of, full of completely yeah. amazing moments
1: exactly i thought he just uh, he just is so brilliant the way that he kind of yeah took on that whole british king persona and mm. like real cheeky and um oh when he hits his falsetto as well like it was it was amazing it was really breath- breathtaking but i mean you know i obviously um i loved lynn Manuel. uh Manual Miranda. Um and the the other big highlight to me were the Skylar sisters.
0: As yeah, they're well. fantastic, aren't they?
1: I just yeah, I absolutely loved the way that they kind of um I don't know, they swept they swept the stage every time they yeah. sang, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they, they kind of just put a fresh slate over everything. And it was actually a bit of breath of fresh air for me when they were singing away from all of the rap and R and B and hip hop kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, even though the um, uh, Angelica character, uh, I think it was one of her songs um, when uh, she's rewinding after S- the wedding. Satisfied. I was I was going to ask you about that. Nah, satisfied. That was my next
0: best, my my next favorite song. Um, Because that was one of the, that was one of the moments that I think again, so I'm one of the people that, you know, millions of people that had listened to the soundtrack for literally years before ever having a chance to Mm -hmm. see the show. Mm -hmm. You pick up on a lot of the stuff through the soundtrack. I think it is brilliant in that you could listen to the soundtrack without ever seeing the show and kind of understand the story because there's so yeah. much storytelling done and there isn't True. that much dialogue in the show that it has to tell the story. But you do miss out on the composition of what's being told and kind oh, of yeah. what you don't realize about those two songs, Helpless and then going into Satisfied, is that they are they are doing the visual storytelling of this is one person's narrative and then rewind mm. and tell this from another character's perspective, which yeah. you can pick up through the lyrics of the two songs. But when you see the staging and I've watched a bunch of interviews and they were saying that that was the hardest part of lots of people were saying that that was the hardest part of them learning the staging of the musical because and helpless, they do it on a turntable. Yeah, and then unsatisfied, it goes the other way. So they had the to learn way. to do all the stuff in reverse. And I'm like, that is crazy storytelling. Like the, yeah. the imagination to tell story to, to to tell story through song, and then in the immediate next number, rewind mm. and do the reverse to tell it through another character's perspective. Seeing seeing that visually completely added another level to how I sort of interpreted and and understood the part that those two songs kind of had together within within the narrative definitely mm, yeah. a
1: highlight oh heck yeah i mean my my favorite staging moment was in satisfied uh when um uh hamilton is in the middle so it's really it was really cool on the stage there's two rings so there's like a center circle yeah and then around that there's a ring and they can revolve in their own manner so that you know alta can revolve middle stays And yeah, it was uh, Hamilton was standing in the middle circle and then Angelica was by his side and then all of a sudden it started revolving. So Angelica was being moved away as Eliza, his actual partner, was being brought towards him. Oh, and it was just a, it was just a beautiful, beautiful dance, but the way that the stage can do that for the actors as well, like yeah, visually, like you said, that rewinding of the clock and, and transitions and it
0: was, it was, it was, it was absolutely stunning. And I think probably seeing the show versus like listening to the show because Lin-Manuel Miranda basically wrote almost, I, I think he wrote almost I'm, all the lyrics. Yeah. And it was, it definitely has shown in terms of the conception of it and the writing of it. When you hear a soundtrack, you get that, you get the, the author's creative intent through the lyrics and you get the, the, the singing performances of the original cast. Mm. What you don't get is you don't get to see the direction. You don't get to see the choreography, the work of the sort of dance principles, the lighting, the stage designing. And I think those all of those elements combined is probably what led to such an amazing reception of this show sure Mm. the conception of it is brilliant doing a musical with the all of those musical tones that you can pick up with on the soundtrack that that is intrinsic and and is a huge percentage of why the show is such an amazing hit but being able to see the show and pick up on all those other elements that kind of i think rounds out the experience for people to go, Oh, that's why this is such a big hit. Yeah. Oh, yep. that's why, because there's kind of something in the show for everyone. And I haven't got my parents to watch it yet, but I can't wait for them to see it. Um, I imagine there is something in this, whether it's, you know, for people who love history, there's a history in there for people that love hip hop. There's the hip for people that love like contemporary dance. That's in there. Even just the, the, The experience of it visually is kind Mm, of almost mm. like rock concert esque. Yeah, Um, the ensemble work was yeah really smooth. Yeah, Um, interestingly enough, so so I watched the I've seen the first half of the show, haven't seen the second half. I want to sort of leave judgment until I've seen the whole thing, but I'm almost willing to say already that seeing. The show in its filmed format with the original cast mm-hmm. is almost as, if not more, significant than it was seeing it in the West End live. Mm. And this brings it back to what you were saying about you know and what we talked about in previous episodes of you know can a live theatre experience translate to you know a, an online medium? Yeah, yeah. And I think in this case because. For so for so long before I saw it in the West End, my only outlet with the show was with the original cast and you get used to the sounds of their voices and how you associate mm. the characters with mm. them. That was sort of my only negative of seeing the show live in the West End. And it wasn't a negative. It was just, you know, something that I kind of was like, oh, that's not what I expected. I think visually when I saw it live, stunning. Seeing all the choreography, seeing that live experience, people moving around on stage. That was incredible. But I think I had such high expectations of going in with the sounds of these characters that I'd, you know, essentially become familiar with and have directly related these characters to like Lin-Manuel Miranda as Hamilton, Leslie Odom, Odom Jr. as Burr, Burr that when I heard these characters with different voices for me it was just a little bit jarring and i think that's kind of speaks to like fandom and the obsession of the original and you know mm, i think there's mm. there's there's some negativity that comes with that with you know if people are like oh these you know, people on the tour aren't as good as the original cast so or, of course characters need to be played by other people when everyone brings something new to the role but because for like two years i'd listened to this i couldn't help but go in with the expectations of the originals so yep. that meant that when I watched the first half the other day with the original uh, Broadway cast, the satisfaction mm. of, of hearing it and, and being able to see it with the people that I had kind of learned about the show with was really deeply, deeply gratifying. And I think there are, you know, there are certain things that on screen will never, never translate to the live experience, but because as you said, they filmed it over three shows, there's ups, there's, like pull away shots, they've they've really tried to make it as filmic as possible. I think hmm. the amount of time and effort and budget and the way that they did this maybe meant that the film version of the original was was just is just as good as actually seeing it live for me. And this is my experience, but yeah I, I would imagine that there would be a lot of people who feel similarly that actually if you put them in front of a cast that wasn't the originals and they'd kind of got to know the show with the originals it maybe would be 10% not what they expected from the show um and i mean all of this is 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 not to say anything negative about seeing the show live it's just a complete positive review of of seeing the show in the way that it's been released on disney plus and i mean the great thing about about that as you can watch the show as many times as you want. There's so much going on in this There's show. There's so the much background. going on. You yeah. can, I mean, there were times the other day in act one where I was just watching certain, uh, like dance ensemble people watch them move around because that's fascinating yeah, about in itself. Like the to, balcony and stuff. Yeah. To watch yeah. their tracks as they move around. Yeah. I, I don't know if, did you see any of the articles about this, um, the bullet as a character over the last week or so? No, but in in terms of when the
1: woman's tracking yeah. tracking the
0: bullet, yeah. So she, um, the original performance was by Ariana Debose, and what people kind of realized only from seeing this, I don't think anyone had written about it in all you know the four years it's been on. Yeah, she actually plays the bullet the whole show. She's kind of an omen of death all the time. Characters dies all the times all the times that characters die, she interacts with them like just beforehand. She like touches uh. people who die just beforehand. And it's all this massive foreshadowing throughout the whole show. Yeah, yeah. That eventually yeah, yeah. death is coming for Hamilton. And apparently that just happened, you know, like during the production of the show. They decided, you know, Thomas Cowell, the director, and they're like, you know what, yes, this person in the ensemble, you're gonna be this person, go with it, we'll add into the choreography. But it's only within this format of the show that are multiple people, because they've put a certain amount of emphasis on it, that yeah. actually that person's performance goes from kind of the side character, which no one had really noticed before, to all of a sudden it's like, wow, this person who is an ensemble character, all of a sudden has their own like character arc throughout the whole show. And people only noticed yeah. it because Becomes of the a- way that they just added enough focus on the film version. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I definitely...
1: I mean, I picked up on the woman doing the thing, but I don't know if I picked up on that much. That's that's really fascinating. Um, one thing for me that I found myself um, looking for was I was actually starting to look at people's entrances and exits mm-hmm. um, because I noticed that quite often the characters literally just went to the back wall and just um, went into the shadows. If it was like a quick transition, they weren't walking off stage or anything like that. And I'm always fascinated on how yeah as an ensemble where where you put your your characters um for for transitional things and and stuff like that just to keep the flow of everything and that's the thing i loved about this this show was the flow throughout the whole thing i mean it's two over two and a half hours long and i felt like the flow of it just was like constantly um taking me forward and and i was you know quite attentive to the whole thing so i mean yeah uh, yeah it was it was it was visually stunning to watch and and like you were saying it you know speaking to seeing it live i think if you if you don't like theater or you're not really a theatre goer and you want to at least get a taste of it before these you know grand spectacle ensemble pieces start coming and popping up here in New Zealand yeah. again watch Hamilton because I think it's I think they've done it in such a great way like you said you you get the vibe of what it feels like being in the theater but you also get it as a almost like yeah a a film as well you can you can appreciate the finer details throughout it so I think I think it's a beautiful way of of using the medium um and getting getting people involved in, in in theater and in musicals and stuff
0: yeah I think we can't I mean fundamentally Hamilton is a show about representation that's something we haven't even mentioned the fact that oh, true. that this yes. is this is a show performed with a, a a cast that is predominantly people of color regardless of where in where in the world it is you know whether it's the states or whether it's the UK people with immigrant backgrounds people with immigrant history and so representation is so key in the casting and telling these stories but I think also it's a show that is kind of trying to show representation of lots of different cultures in a medium that kind of has not necessarily been that wide. When we talk about musical mm. musical theater um, and musical theater is, I remember did, I did a course on exchange that was history of musical theater. And the professor said musical theater is one of only two, and I can't remember what the other one is, so don't ask me, only two cultural things that originated in the United States in terms of like film and music and orchestra and Mm -hmm. opera and all that sort of stuff. Musical theatre is one of only two things that the U.S. can say 100% we created that. So musical theatre is born out of the United States, and that was part of the big aspect of the show is that the representation of these people on stage were... We're not traditional in the sense of how most musicals would have cast those mm. characters because s- most of those characters in history were white people, white males. White. Yeah. Yeah. But so representation, not just from a, a casting perspective, but also from a, a genre bending, how do we get more people who aren't that interested in, what traditionally is perceived as, as the musical theater genre into watching this kind of performance. And I think that is the success of Hamilton. It's not the musical theater people enjoying it. It's the people that wouldn't generally enjoy musical theater or wouldn't consider themselves as musical theater fans seeing the show, listening to the show and going, wow, what an amazing medium. Of course, song and dance and all of the stuff wrapped together is an amazing way of storytelling. So yeah, yeah. All, all I can say is, is what, As back up what Matt said, if, if you, I'm sure if you love musical theater, you've already seen the show or you've already listened to it, but for those of you who musical theater isn't your thing or, or is only fringe your thing, uh, we will get, we will find a way for you to watch the show because, (laughs) uh, because Lord knows there's people with passwords to all sorts of, you know, Netflix and Amazon prime and, and, but you need to see the show because two and a half hours, it will probably completely change your perspective on what musical theatre is. And, yeah. Um, yeah, we're all about bringing more people into the art forms that we love. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That's why we're doing this thing. But, yeah, that's our Hamilton review. I can't wait to watch the, the second half of it. Um, I'm looking forward to you probably watching it again, I'm sure, at some stage. Because sometimes the second watch is the one where yeah. you're like... Oh, I never noticed that thing. I never yeah, noticed yeah, that yeah, yeah. thing. Same with movies, right? Like the first time you watch inception or the first time you watch like complicated films, you enjoy it. You watch it on the surface. You're like, mm. wow, this is great. But it's the second and the third time where you go, ah, oh, that was super clever. I didn't notice that there was the foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I said that,
1: I said that to Rachel last night. I was like, um, as soon as it finished, I was like, yeah, I definitely watch that again. Um, cause I mean, it's for me, for some movies, I'm, um, you know, I'll watch and I'll be like, yep, yeah, cool. Got a taste for that done. Um, but yeah, definitely with this, I, w- I am definitely going to watch it again. And I have already downloaded the, uh, soundtrack on my Spotify. <laughs> Bro,
0: <laughs> Listen to the soundtrack on your way to work and stuff. Cause yeah, exactly. That bangs. It bangs, it bangs, it pops, it bangs.
1: Sorry. It was fun.
0: Rewind the VHS. We're going again. <laughs> we're Rewind going it. again. <laughs> Take the tape out. Put it back in. Um, um. Matt and I also wanted to do something something different. Um, yeah. In this week's episode, and we were trying to think. You know, the whole brews thing. We can't have a beer together all the time. Like we said, it's ten o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. So, so having a beer, even even for us, you know, lovers of a of a, a quenching quenching mm. thirst, quenching uh, beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Too early for that. So what we decided we would do is uh, we'd find a way for one of us to send the other person some beer. So what Matt mm. and I are going to do today in a uh, Bros and Brews podcast <laughs> first is we're going to do the Stuffed Daily Quiz Yo. with the grand prize this week being uh, an Urbanaut mixed four pack. Now I'm I'm not that familiar with Urban Auto as a name, but I think I've seen the cans before. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've definitely seen it before, yeah. I think it's an Auckland uh, brewing company. The four-pack has a Pilsner, an IPA, a Pale Ale, an APA, all things within our wheelhouse. And um, yeah, we thought, you know what? It was really nice for us to be, be together in Auckland. How can we sort of send each other a beer or buy each other a beer? So we're going to do the Stuff Daily Quiz. We're going to see what our general knowledge is like. And, uh, at the end of it, one of us is going to be, going to be theoretically walking away with a four pack. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this first question already scared me cause I have no idea. I guess, I guess we'll just we'll go for it. I don't know. This is, as we said, we're breaking new ground. It's about the first question is about Michelle Bogue, right? Yeah. Okay. First right, question. Go. We're going to blitz through to them. We only got 30 seconds per question. Michelle Bogue has left the national party after being a member for how long? Ah. Uh, I think we're going to have I, to just go with instinct, bro. Because Yeah, dead... I really, <sighs> I'm gonna go. really don't know. All right, I'm um, locked
1: in. I've answered it. All right, I'm locking it in. I got it wrong. What did you say? I got it wrong. I got 30. I, did, I said 37 years.
0: I said 27 years. Okay, question uh, two. The,
1: the answer was 47 years. I guess should, for the people we should say, uh, give, give, oh, oh here we go. Uh, What year did World War Two begin? 1940,
0: 1941, 1939, or 1938? Locked in. Oh, God. And I got it right. No pressure. Uh-uh. Oh, I should... Oh, I should know this. Do, 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 do. No, I was going to... Oh, you got wrong. What did you say? Name and shame. I had 1940. 1940 <laughs> 1939,
1: bro. That... I literally... I had the I had the cursor over 1939
0: uh oh embarrassed all right i'm up i'm up one now after two questions question three oh betelgeuse is in which constellation lyra ursa minor orion ursa major this is just a straight up guess isn't that beetlejuice is it is it is it beetlejuice maybe I it's pronounced beetlejuice uh i've locked in and i got it wrong unsurprisingly um which constellation don't pretend you know stuff about constellations this is a straight up guess yes you got it right ryan yeah i got it right oh, wait you guessed orion <laughs> yeah i guessed orion and it said incorrect
1: oh no i guessed orion and i got it right oh weird it's got a tick
0: by by the thing but it says incorrect well I know I'm two from three, so if you got Orion, I should be two from three. We'll see how it comes out at the scores okay. at the end. Cool. I sense controversy. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, what is rose gold? Is it gold mixed
1: with platinum? Gold mixed with... Oh, my God. How do you say that word, James? Uh, R- rhodium. Rhodium? Rhodium? Yeah. Uh, gold mixed with nickel and zinc, or gold mixed with copper and sometimes silver or zinc? Uh Rose gold. All right, I'm just going to take an absolute stab All right, I'm going to do this one. No, I went with platinum. I went with nickel and zinc. We're but both it was wrong. Gold, gold mixed with copper, and sometimes silver
0: or zinc. I mean, copper makes sense because copper is is rust. Yeah, rusty. Was that was probably makes, the obvious answer. Sense. Sometimes I overthink it. Yeah. Anyway, we've got to move on. There's no time. Next question: What's the currency in Russia? Krona, Zlotys, Rubles, or Euro? all right uh, i, I should think know i this. know my answer i should know this oh, it's a toss up if you've locked it in you can put pressure on me because i'm i have 50, i have locked here. it in and i have got it right oh no i know it's <laughs> krona or rubles oh, okay uh count me down so i have to lock it in otherwise i'm just gonna absolutely waffle 10 9 8 7 6
1: Five, yes. Got four. him. Rubles. Dang it. Yep, Nice. It right, nice. Mate. Okay. Next. Uh, next. Who formulated the law of universal gravitation? Isaac Newton, Galileo, Stephen Hawking, or Albert Einstein?
0: Oh, uh, God. I don't know. I'm terrible with mixing up scientists. Well, I did physics, so I should know this. You should know this. You
1: really should know this. And I do. And I got it. <laughs> you got it? Um Yep. Uh, t- yes, Newton. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think definitely the obvious answer
0: out of all of them. I just don't know. I hate science, bro. Move it on. Not my thing. Get to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what ancient unit? What ancient unit of measurement was based on the distance from the elbow to the fingertips? Palm, cubit, rod, elm. Elbow to the fingertips. Algo. An ancient unit of measurement. Again, this is going to be a straight up guess. I'm going to call
1: that... No, got it wrong. Oh, I got it right. Just an absolute Did stab you? cubit. No! I've forgotten oh. what the score is, though. Uh, well, it'll tell us at the end. Well, it will. Okay. Where uh, was next. Greek philosopher Plato born? Rome. Kittage. Carthage. Athens. Carthage. Carthage uh Athens or Thebes
0: uh, this is probably I did say I did classics last episode but I don't you know that did. much about I've, I've played Assassin's Creed hmm uh, Plato. Um, all right I've got a guess and it's wrong I'm going to I'm going to say this no I said Thebes I said Carthage again Athens was, is probably the it go-to is Athens. guess it's Athens it's yeah, right true. though it's right the, the the scores stay level at something to well, not level. We didn't change. <laughs> Moving on. Where is Ulva Island, Stewart Island, Auckland, Coromandel Bay of Islands? Now, three Ulver. of those are close to where you are right now: yes, Ulva Island, true. Stewart, Auckland, Coromandel Bay of Islands.
1: I mean, if that's the photo of it, I'm kind of just going off that. Don't trust um, the photos. That's my only stuff quiz hint to you. Uh, no, got it wrong.
0: Yes, Stuart no. Yes, I think no. I actually had read that somewhere. Oh. Moving along. you got some ground to make up in the last one. Uh, when were the
1: Rolling Stones formed? 1954, 1962, 1971, or 1965?
0: Uh, oh, God. They were... Well, they're okay. all very old, regardless. Not that's a bad thing. They're doing very well for themselves.
1: I'm going to go... I'm going to go boom. No! ah, oh, Wrong as well.
0: I went 65. Yeah, I got it wrong. 1962, they were from 1962. Good for you, Stone. Keep on ticking. Good for you. Uh, which of these was a short film by Charlie Chaplin? Struggle Street, Easy Street, Wall Street, Main Street. I think I know this one. I think I know this one. I got it wrong. Yes, I got it right. Easy Street. You've pinned one back. I went Main Street. Three questions left. Three questions? No, four more. Oh, a true or false? Bamboo belongs to the grass
1: family. True or false? Got him. Oh no. Um. No, it's false. <laughs> Did you know
0: that? No, I just always oh. if it's true or false, if it's I've always thought gone with the theory that if they give you a true or false and it's something weird, the chances are. It's more likely to be true. It's more coming likely up to be with true. hard facts is difficult. That's a good point. Anyway, keep zooming. Pandas eat as much as what kg of bamboo per year. Forty eight, eighteen, thirty-eight, twenty-eight. Okay, let's be honest, this is just a straight old guess. Oh, come on.
1: I'm doing terribly. And I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah, man. I mean, I g I mean they must eat a shite load of bamboo. Obviously not as much as 48. It's only 38. In the film Groundhog Day, what song plays every time the alarm goes off in the morning? Uptown Girl, Love Will Keep Us Together, Never Gonna Give You Up, I Got You Babe. I've never seen Groundhog Day. I have, and I think it's this. Oh, I got it
0: wrong. Oh my god. (sighs) Well, I got it wrong as well. It was I Got You Babe. And finally, the last question. Where was the Hindenburg built? USA... Germany, Sweden, or Russia? I've put in my answer and I got it right. As have I. This quiz is over. Oil.
1: Hit next. Reveal the scores. Oh God.
0: <laughs> uh, I got a whopping 5 out of 15. I beat you significantly, my friend. 8 out of 15. Oh, my God. Not bad. Keep at it. I will be taking <laughs> home the inaugural mixed 4-pack of beer... The brews contingent of today's show. I look forward to drinking them. I look forward to enjoying them. Uh, what can I, I say? I look forward
1: to sending them.
0: What can I say? Big shout out to the random guesses that um, that pulled through
1: for me. Now you know what? Don't 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 undersell yourself, bro. Your general knowledge is great.
0: No good with science. I feel like sort of geography. I'm okay for not having mm. studied it, but man. I have done some. I have done some stuff daily quizzes in my time, probably more than you. So, True, I feel like probably. I probably have a better understanding of you know the meta. It's like you the questions where you like this is just the obvious answer, and then questions where you like go something weird. That being said, yeah, I yeah, only got yeah, eight yeah, out yeah. of fifteen. So, <laughs> but yeah, quiz. I guess maybe we'll do that every maybe. I think every I, couple I weeks. Think,
1: yeah, I think so. I think so. We'll Put a little. A little tension on top of it. Find a way to buy
0: each other a beer, you know? Yes, I agree. And, um, yeah, what am I, what are we using? We're using fine wine delivery. Fine wine delivery. Hey, look, if you want to get on board and sponsor the show so Matt and I don't have to pay for drinks, we're more than happy to, uh, to accept your sponsorship. Um, (laughs) but to round out this week's pod, we wanted to do, in sort of a a week of, of verse and different little bits, um, we wanted to shout out and sort of start a little segment of shouting out smaller, lesser known uh, musicians, bands, artists, and yeah, just in this time where artists' venues are struggling, lots of artists are self-employed and they don't qualify for, um, you know, subsidies and that sort of thing, and lots of music venues are struggling, particularly in countries that aren't New Zealand, for you know, the U.K., has been absolutely battered in terms of the arts by COVID-19. Um Today, I just wanted to share some some music from a small kind of little indie band that I got to know quite uh, quite well when I was in Bristol. Um, I know the, the front man, who's a wonderful guy by the name of Tom Harris. The band is called Two Day Coma. They're a Bristol band. And I don't know how I would describe their genre, Matt. It's kind of... Everything from like soft rock to to folk, into like almost like I don't know, indie isn't really a genre, is it? It's kind of, but they move. Mm. They move between genres. Sometimes they get brass involved. They're a four piece, so it's it's mainly bass and guitar and and keys and drums and that sort of stuff. But in this week's episode, I thought we'd just listen to a few uh, three one minute extracts from three different songs give a little taste of two day coma, try and get people out there listening to music that they haven't listened to to before. Obviously get you over to Spotify, get you streaming, get you helping artists put some money into their pockets. And yeah, I love this band. I've seen them play live like three or four times um, the vibe that they give off is so great. And yeah, just the other day when I was thinking about what I was missing from the UK, Two Day Coma gigs was one of the things that was top of my list. So without further ado, the first song by Two Day Coma, little extract. This one's called If I Wasn't.
1: Think of all the things that i would miss, the taste of your kiss, if I wasn't, if I gave up
0: all of this. Think of everything I can do if you weren't you, if I wasn't who you would wanted to choose. if i wasn't uh back into the song a little bit more of the instrumentals than the lyrics but i think what two day coma does with uh just being a four piece the layering they do in their music is amazing and i think Mm, if i mm. wasn't is one of the tracks where i'm like wow you fit so much into so much sound into what is just a four piece um moving on to the next song this one is called uh Stuck. It is from their debut album, A Certain Shade of Blue. And yeah, we'll have another listen. You're stuck in your old way. You can't wash away that taste. You're stuck on the old In last place, you're losing again, and it still feels the same as back in the day, and I wouldn't ask you to change it still feels the same as back in the day, and I wouldn't was stuck again two day coma and I like that one that was really nice they the mellow songs are so great like they're really good listening uh, in your in your house in your flat you know making food or whatever mellow um, you know just just the vibe of it but also some of the songs that they have are a bit more in your face a bit more Rocky and grungy, and that's why I've chosen uh this last song called uh Shudder. Probably I'd say their their biggest banger. It's certainly their most streamed uh on on Spotify. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but but yeah, I think last year Two Day Comer in, in 2019 had like five hundred thousand listens or something. So so they're really up and coming. Um, to take out the trio of songs by our Musical Artist of the Week, 2 Day Coma, we have Shudder. I hate that look that's in your eye. hey that look that's in your eye. hey that look that's in your eye. Hey, 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 that look that's in your eye. hey that The third of our three extracts from Two Day Coma. Um, Tom and I worked together in Bristol in a cafe and he was doing his music stuff and I was doing my acting stuff and, and we both sort of respected that each other's dreams were elsewhere. I think what they do while they all have... Uh, full-time jobs and continuing to make music and they've literally just released a couple of singles in the last couple of weeks so check those out i have mad respect for those guys the gigs that i've been to that they've played have been in small independent venues which are obviously the ones that are really struggling at the moment um yeah so i just wanted to give them a shout out two day coma you can check them out on spotify a certain shade of blue was released last year all the tracks are bangers some of them mellow bangers, some of them cook food in your kitchen um, bangers, but but yeah, Matt and I just wanted to to start a process of of shouting out, you know, artists, maybe you know, vibes that we haven't discovered yet, and mm, and yeah, you know, mm. this is week one of that. Yeah, good. That
1: that was that was cool, man. No, thank you very much. I think I you know I think that's what you know people want to want to discover. Going forward, you know, into this into this new normal, um, is yeah, all these new artists and and theatre and things like that. We want to get people excited, uh, to
0: get back out there and, and listening to things and seeing things. Absolutely, and yeah, if, if if nothing else, take some time, uh, this week to listen to Two Day Coma. And maybe they're not your jam, but that's what today's been all about. Hamilton, something new mm-hmm. for people who haven't discovered it before. Two Day Coma, um, get out there, enjoy the arts and uh yeah i guess we'll leave it there We'll
1: leave it there. I think that's a beautiful place to leave it. Um, so, James, thank you so much again for this week, bro. Um, uh, I appreciate this every single time we do it. Um, and thank you for everyone out there that's listening and tuning in every week. Um, if you're new to us and this is your first episode, you're listening. Go go back and check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram as well, the Bros and Brews Podcast, and we're we're posting everything up on there, so you can follow our link tree and find all of our social media and and where to. Find find and download us so uh so just just thank you everyone thank you for being here thank you for
0: listening and we will see you next time peace